0: Thanks for joining us on the DDS Faith Podcast. Our prayer is that as we discuss what God has to teach us through His Word, we can all learn how to deepen, defend, and share our faith in Jesus Christ.
1: Okay, so by the time this airs, the Super Bowl will be complete. Um, And now, today's the day after the conference championship, so we know that the Kansas City Chiefs will be playing the Philadelphia Eagles in Arizona in the Super Bowl. About two weeks from now. But by the time this airs, it'll already be done. So, my pick for the Super Bowl, I'm going to say 35-24 Eagles. Oh.
0: 7 Patriots.
1: So, Wes knows nothing about <laughs> sports here. Um, Actually, so. I,
0: don't think that. I do know about sports. I know how the game is played. I know how to play the game. I do not like to watch the game on TV. Okay, think about it. When you were a child, oh my lord, and you know <laughs> you you like to play on the playground, right? Did you enjoy? Would you prefer to watch a movie about of, of kids playing on the playground, or would you like to play on the playground? I see your point. Yeah, and it's. But silent. I'm an
1: Eagles fan, so I'm toxic like that, and I just I hope
2: they win. So my pick is 35- <clears> 35. 24. You think it'll be that close? Because they I think don't the 49ers.
1: Yeah, but I think the Chiefs are good, and it's also the Super Bowl, so it's going to be a close game. I'm saying 35 uh, 24. Eagles. I don't
2: know if it'll be my that dog's
0: My dog's going to win. 35 27.
2: All right. What's your pick, Gary? <laughs> I don't know if it'll be that high. That's for Waterboy. I think it'll be less. Yeah, I don't know if the score will be that high. Or not. <laughs> Throw something out once he who's closer. See, I, you got two really good offenses going, yeah. and the Eagles' defenses are also really good. See, I would almost go 28 and 14.
1: Eagles? Eagles. Okay, so we're both picking the Eagles. That's,
2: yeah, your, your score. I kind of want to go a little lower your spread's on my a little numbers. Higher, yeah.
1: yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to change mine to Too 20. It's, it's I'm going to say 27.
2: In. You already locked it in. 21. You know, I remember
0: one I don't know honestly. Well, it was. It's
2: not like we don't have time to, you know, once the Super Bowl's actually aired, you can go back and edit this and make it. <laughs> yeah, we have two weeks. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: I remember one Super Bowl. And I remember it because the Atlanta Falcons were playing the Denver Broncos. Broncos won by the way. Um Is he a Broncos fan or something. No.
2: He's not a fan that of anybody. That was no. the
0: year me and my buddy shot paintballs at our school. Why'd you do that? Because it was fun, because we were idiots. Like a senior prank? <laughs> no, I was in like fifth grade. Because he's a... <laughs>
2: and you shot... He's a delinquent.
0: Yeah, I was a delinquent.
2: Thanks for... This was before he was... you on the podcast. BC! Like a podcast. Yeah, before this was, Christian. <laughs> Before Christian. Before he was living at the... Before... <laughs> before penance.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: B-R. <laughs> okay, so... um. How did you feel convicted? Like did you discern that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he didn't okay. feel he yeah. didn't feel convicted yeah. because there were he did not have the holy spirit at the time. You know, it was funny he, because the next true, day huh? See, we, we, he, we, we come a in, with you know it's funny, you know it's not going <laughs> to
0: be. funny. We come in Monday and my friend that my accomplice yeah. Starts <laughs> telling everybody. He, he like before even class starts. He's gone around and told everybody. He's like, "Hey, you know those paintballs at the top of school? That was me and Wes." You see, you're like arcing them class onto the roof. Class didn't even start, and we got called to the principal's office.
1: You were arcing but, them onto the roof?
0: No, he shot them. At the top of the you school. understand the concept oh. of
1: paintball? Yeah, I okay. thought you were saying they were. Why would on the I roof. put
0: them on top? That's all I was asking. That didn't make any sense freak? to me. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs>
1: um, anyway, so we're starting a new series today, and we're going to do it on discernment, um, which is a fairly broad topic. I feel like there's a lot of directions that could go, so this is going to take multiple episodes. Um, but today, the the biggest point is going to be just establishing mm-hmm. what spiritual discernment is. Um, the importance of it, the commandment we have of it, and how to do it. Um, and then again, that's fairly broad, so we're going to break it up into different episodes. But today we're just going to kind of do a little bit of an introduction. If you Google discernment, the definition that it gives you is, this: the secular definition is the ability to judge well. Um, and then right below that, it'll say, in Christian contexts, perception in the absence of judgment with a view To obtaining spiritual guidance and understanding. So again, like I already said, I want to emphasize this quite a bit this episode. But discernment can go a lot of ways, Um, and and that's your secular definition, and also a a pretty good biblical definition. However, (laughs) um, it's important to understand that discernment is not only something that we are supposed to do, but it's a spiritual gift, Um, and it's super. It's super important to be able to discern different things. Um, like discerning God's will, seeking God's will, um, discerning truth versus error. Um, well, there's such di- as,
0: there's discernment as a discipline, and mm-hmm. then there's discernment as a spiritual gift. Right. So Which? I would say right now we're probably just talking about discernment, just period. As this one. So, like, the thing that comes to mind for me is judgment. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, a lot of people like to... Take that verse out of Matthew 7 out of context and they go, Judge, and you will be judged the same way that you judge. And it's like, so don't judge. Mm-hmm. Like, that's <laughs> not what that means. And actually, if you go look over at John 7, Jesus actually tells you to judge with righteous judgment.
1: Well, um, uh, and <clears throat> should have already been there. I guess, actually, I think it's i okay. Been right here.
0: I think there's a difference between judging, say, a fellow believer and saying, Hey, this is something that's wrong in your life, and you know, you need to fix it. I'm coming to you as a brother in Christ. There's that sort of discernment. Mm-hmm. But then there's also listening to the spirit, you know? Right. Lord, and Lord, Lord, what are you telling
1: me? That's really what I want to emphasize okay. in, in this series. Yeah. Um, because like you said, discernment is a spiritual gift, and you can find that in 1 Corinthians 12. 12 or
0: 14, I don't know. He says um, with Anyways, such conviction. that's not. That's not the focus
1: of this episode. We're talking discernment that we are commanded to do. Right. Um, so I want to read 1 Thessalonians 5, um, starting in verse 12. I'll kind of intro it, and then I'll get to one specific verse that I think is um, the, what we're really focusing on here. So essentially, Paul is giving some pretty basic instructions. So he starts in verse 12. But we request of, request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you and the Lord and give you instruction, that you esteem the very them very highly in love because of their work live in peace with one another we urge you brethren um admonish the unruly encourage the faint-hearted help the weak be patient with everyone see that no one repays evil for evil but always seek after which is good for one another and for all people so he's pretty much he's given pretty basic instruction here there's not a whole lot to that and then he gets to this part rejoice always pray without ceasing ceasing and everything give thanks for this is god's will for you in christ jesus Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. Here's the the key part. But examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. So right there he says, examine everything carefully. Um, And it follows with, hold fast to that which is good and abstain from every form of evil. So you're holding on to these good things and trying to stay away from the evil, but how do you differentiate those? That's that's what we're really trying to focus on because examine everything carefully is something we have to do. Because if you're not examining different things, you're not going to know what's good and what's bad, or you're not going to know the difference right. between what's good and what's
0: best. And we should constantly be examining these things. Mm-hmm. So like, as believers, you know, we're called to examine ourselves and you know what? There may be something that I've said for years that I get to retract because that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. I know a good example of this, uh, for years I, I taught—I probably taught at least three, two sermons on this. And uh, I believe it's Mark 10, and it's the rich young ruler. And uh, anyway, Jesus says, you know, it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than it is for the uh, for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And I read this out of a out of a supposedly reliable source that was given to me by a fellow pastor. And I read in there that there was this place in Jerusalem called the. It was a gate, a very narrow gate, and it was called the Eye of a Needle. And you and you had to uh, to get your camel through. You had to take all the stuff off, all the luggage. You had to get off and then push the camel through. There's no such place. <laughs> mm. And, you know, guess what? My research was wrong. So mm. I had to go and retract that and say, hey, so I was wrong. <laughs> and, you know, I have no problem doing that. I wish and I could have seen that. What?
2: Him standing up in front of a group of people and saying, I was wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've done it multiple times. If I'm wrong, I will absolutely admit it. But I need to be proven wrong. It can't just be, mm. oh, you're wrong. You're wrong. Here's why, you know.
1: <laughs> well, and I think discernment is a, is super important for multiple reasons. Um, it's important for a lot of reasons. One, knowing God's will, um, seeking that out, knowing whether something's coming from God or whether it's coming from somebody else or Satan, um, discerning what somebody's telling you, such as like a false false teacher, knowing knowing who is a false teacher and who is preaching truth, and then you can go and like. 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and that gives you a pretty good layout of that. Um, And then here's a good one that I recently have really been trying to discern is discerning legalism or charismatic emotionalism. Because you have to be careful if your logic is biblical or if you're being legalistic. And that's a tough one to discern. And that's when we have to understand what the Spirit is telling us Versus what our own flesh or the enemy is telling us.
0: Right. There are, there is logic and reason, and you know, learning all those things and, and good theology like that is mm-hmm. extremely important. There's also emotions that come along with. I mean, there's and not just good ones, you know, like happy and uh, enjoyment, but sadness mm-hmm. and even anger towards God, as we've discussed uh, previously. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and sometimes although those things can kind of Help lead and guide you a little bit. You have to be careful not to rely on those things. You have to be able to look past what you see or feel, because right. those yeah. things aren't always reliable. And you and that's the that's the whole thing about discernment is looking past your feelings.
0: Right. How often do we read in the Bible and we're like, well, it can't mean that because that makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's there's a lot of uh, pictures in Scripture and concepts, doctrinal concepts that. You know, we don't necessarily like, oh, I can't mean that. You know, that's that's, that's, that's too hard for me to, what to was, like. What was the quote that,
2: I'm going to butcher it, but it was the one the pastor at church said a couple of weeks ago was, we gravitate towards the spiritual truths that make us feel good. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And we tend to ignore the ones that, you know, Make convict. Convict us. Convict and make mm. us
0: feel uncomfortable. We want
2: the we like, oh, the ones that appeal to our pride, I think is what he was saying. Or right.
1: or the reassuring ones. Yes.
2: That's for, the ones for that me. Make us, I like ones to make a reassurance. Day. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and I saw a um and this kind of goes into fasting a little bit, which we will do. Um, but I saw a quote from the screw tape letters from C. S. Lewis hmm. and it said that. Satan's goal is to put so much noise into the world that you can't hear God anymore. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. the whole purpose of fasting, which we'll get into a little bit or one of the purposes, but, um, that's one of the keys to discerning God's will or, or discerning any of this is getting rid of those feelings, getting rid of what you see and feel and getting to the point where you're, you've got the noise out and you can hear the spirit. Um, and then <coughs> okay, you're about to say something.
0: No. Uh, so just with that, you know, the noise, how often are you... You've always got the music on. You've always got something mm-hmm. playing. like Driving down the road. Driving down the road. Yeah. You you never really have that moment of silence, mm-hmm. you know? And a lot of times, even when we go to bed, I know I do this, um, you know, I watch TV until my eyes are about to fall asleep. Then I turn off the TV and I go to bed, yep. you know? Now, I, I have specific quiet time where I spend with the Lord. Yeah. Um But... We need to be careful with that because I think a lot of times we're never silent before God.
1: In our phones, oh yeah, always like you. That's something I've been trying to do better about: getting that thing out of the room when mm-hmm. I'm trying to have a quiet time. Because I know when that thing buzzes, I'm looking at it. Right. And uh, or just turn where it is off. Where is it? Where is it in Mark? Uh, I'll he, just. He
0: can't do that. Yeah. Gener, can't. Gen Z can't turn off <laughs> the phone. You know how to turn it off, right? Gen Z. Gen, Gen Z doesn't know. How to turn I'm on a roll. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Anyways, um, I'll just paraphrase this, but somewhere Mark. Um, or any anytime really when Jesus prayed it all it always says that he went to a secluded place right right um, or most of the time and and there's a there's significance to that because he's getting away from the noise. He's getting away from the distractions or he, he needs to be by himself to discern and hear the spirit and like you said earlier, although it's a spiritual gift it is also a gift from God um, so it's like,
0: commandment.
1: right and yeah. um, so this is John, 14, uh, verse 16 and 17, I will ask, this is Jesus speaking, I will ask the Father and He will give you another Helper, capital H, that He may be with you forever. That is the Spirit, capital S, of truth, whom the world the world cannot receive, but it does not see Him or know Him, but you know Him because He abides with you and will be in you.
0: Why did you give capital letters for those particular things?
1: Um, because that's introducing the Spirit. Of the, like the, the Holy Spirit. Right, like. which is that side of the Trinity. So you have Jesus saying this, Jesus the man in the flesh. The, he will ask the Father, God, and he's giving us the capital H Helper being the Spirit. So he's introducing to his disciples in the upper room in this scene, the helper or mm-hmm. also known as the holy spirit
0: right he so, right. just talked about
1: him. we'll introduce you know what i mean they, they get and him in acts one right so he's bringing this idea of the holy spirit to them to his disciples in right. the upper room <laughs> um and then kind of to go hand in hand with that i had one more thing i wanted to read this is uh first corinthians 2 <laughs> um starting in verse 10 for for to us god revealed them through the spirit For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? That one's a lowercase s. Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God, capital S. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Know the things. But in those taught... Oh, i actually skipped a little bit which things we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom but in those taught by the spirit capital s so he's already differentiating the the words taught from human wisdom or words taught from the spirit so we have to know those the difference between those two um combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words now here's where it really ties into john 14. but a natural man does not accept the things of the capital s spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. Now, if you go to like the ESV version or NIV version, the praise is going to say discerned. Mm-hmm. But he who is spiritual appraises all things or discerns all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. So there's a lot of significance in that, and it's saying that the ones, like the natural man or like you could say the secular man or the unbeliever, does not recognize the voice of the spirit because he doesn't know the Spirit. right? And um, then it talks about, like I said earlier, differentiating words from the wisdom of man or the words of the Spirit. And we have to know those. And like we talked about in 1 Thessalonians 5, examine all things.
0: Right. Well, see, that's like the concept of, you know, do we hear God? Does God tell us to do things? Uh, You know, I've recently heard some other people that they get online and they talk about it and they say, you know, stop saying God told me, you know, and, and the point that they're making, like they, they give, they give some, some people that I don't know. Like there was this one guy, he was like, and I was in the grocery store and God just told me to walk over here and I got the best Turkey that I could have gotten for Thanksgiving. And it's like, okay, yeah, like that, stop saying that. Like, (laughs) no, but you know, God does speak to us and, and we do listen to him mm-hmm. and and you can discern what the spirit has to say. Mm-hmm. But and like we'll talk about in fasting, you know, one of the things that we're do supposed to do is subdue our flesh. Because our flesh or our desires, you know, the things that we just really, really want, often overthrow what our spirit needs mm-hmm. and what our spirit is called to well, do. Well, it blinds us. Yeah. Our,
1: our fleshly lusts will blind us. All, and that goes back to guarding your hearts like we talked about last week. Yeah. Knowing where you're going to be set up for failure and avoiding that. And like in 1 Thessalonians 5, holding fast to what is good and refraining from evil. Yeah. And exam- it says examining right before that we have to understand the difference because our, our human fleshly minds will, will mix those two so fast. Yeah. And when you start discerning and when you start seeking discernment out and really seeking the wisdom of God and getting rid of that noise, you're going to feel convicted so fast of so right. many things. And you're going to draw closer to God in the sense that you will be seeking His will more and it'll become more clear.
0: Tonight. Now, so, really quick, in listening to God... You know, and and this is this is one thing that that video that I'm that I'm referring to did mention, and I completely agree with this. Whatever God told you should be matched up somewhere in Scripture. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that it should say, um, I don't know exactly what it told you know John the Baptist or whatever. Like it can't. Yes, the whatever is being said should not contradict Scripture.
1: Yeah, like God's not going to call you to go commit a sin.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, And that's broad, but. and and you said listen to God, which the difference between hearing something and listening is that listening brings obedience into the picture. Yeah. Um, so you have to like God is God is speaking to us, but we don't hear him and we're always like, Well, I'm just not hearing God which is like that's sometimes that is the case. But how do we hear God but are primarily? You, are you listening? Yeah, are we are we seeking that out? Are we discerning it, getting rid
2: of the noise? <laughs> um It's important that you learn how to discern mm-hmm. and listen to God mm. because if he's trying to speak to you and you're not paying attention um he will get your attention
0: <laughs> somehow in a way that you probably don't like it yeah <laughs> um
2: yeah i mean pay attention to your circumstances your surroundings um just stay plugged in to the Word. It's, you know, if you're not listening, he he'll gradually louder and louder, and then it'd be like, "Okay, you right. have you have my attention now."
0: Yep. And you know, what have you been trying to tell
2: me? <laughs> and that kind of goes into God's faithfulness, right?
0: But. If you're if you're not in the Word, you're not praying, you're not going to hear God.
1: Mm. <laughs> um, or quiet time. Yeah, we should I have mean, an episode on that.
0: We we did. I
2: <laughs> get it. Episode. You're the one that rattles them I, I off.
0: You know, a lot of times, God tells us to do things that we don't want to do. Uh, and things that, you know, he talks about, you know, the wisdom of the wise, and he, he specifically says God chooses the foolish things to be wise and the wise things to be foolish, like man's wisdom. And, uh, you know, a lot of times he tells us to do something that does not make any makes sense.
2: absolutely no and sense whatsoever. Us, yeah, to yes, us. Yes.
0: Well, I mean... You, you can look back and in several, several Bible stories, you know, uh, hey, uh, at, um, Abraham. No, no, let's do Noah. I like Noah. Well, yeah, Noah yeah, was Abraham first. It. Yeah. So it's like, Hey Noah, um so I know it's never rained before, but it's gonna rain so bad it's gonna flood and like kill everybody. And I'm gonna need you to build a boat in the middle of land and I'm gonna get like two of every kind of animal, but you're gonna have like seven pairs of everything, so you're gonna have a ton. Yep. And I'm just gonna make all that happen. Here's the exact and,
1: dimensions of the massive yeah, boat. And, to uh,
0: and it's gonna and it's gonna take about a hundred years uh, yep. before before I flood the earth. You know, you <laughs> can't tell on yep. that and it's like you know, that's a difficult thing to overcome. Look at Joshua um, in Jericho. You know, God says, uh, hey, go walk around this wall that, you know, and it says before this that, like, you know, everybody in the promised land is scared of the Israelites because they've heard of the things that they've done. They heard the things that they did in Egypt. So they were scared. And these guys are up behind this wall. I can just imagine just having like a trigger figure, you know, like, like, uh, I'm not letting them get me, you know, and, yep. um, and they're just walking around. And then God says, okay, now, now that you've walked around, you've been really quiet. Now I want you to walk around it, but I want you to scare the crap out of them. I want you to yell as loud as you can. <laughs> it's like, it seems like a really dumb idea. Like that's what they're going to shoot us, you know, but instead God tears down everything except for Rahab's place, mm. which is really cool.
1: So sometimes God's instruction or God's voice doesn't make sense.
0: Uh, to, to no, minds. I yeah. mean, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah.
2: I have lived that for the last 2 years. Mm. I mean, um God calls you out of, you know, your comfort. It says, "Get ready, you're going to do this." And I'm like, "No, not." Like mm-hmm. I actually said, "I I am not I am not doing this." <laughs> And the more I said, I am not doing this, it's almost like you can audibly hear God laugh. It's like, <laughs> all right, just wait. Um, but, and it made no sense to me. Right. And I was, I was like, well, think and about you're it. the one who said, well, if it makes no sense, then it's probably God trying to tell you something.
0: <laughs> well, hang on. So like, he, here's the thing that, that I think about whenever I'm listening to God and it, when it doesn't make sense. If it's something that you do not want to do, and it is completely out of your comfort zone, and you never would have thought that on your own, it's probably God. Yeah. <laughs> and there's biblical reference for that everywhere.
2: <laughs>
1: well, think about who, you're, who whose will you're trying to discern. Like, you're, you're literally, I mean, in the, your specific situation, and I've been here, telling the God who breathed the universe that we can't even see a, a tiny little percentage of,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: you're telling him no. That's what I just want to say, like, think about me. how dumb we, like, yeah. Who are we yeah. to make requests? Like, I know we're right. we're supposed to make requests to God,
2: but, but who are we yeah. to to I'm, we'll I'm, ask God? Can you now, do wait this? A I didn't just come around and say no. I think I said no. Thank you. <laughs> you're like, like, okay, so you're respectful. You're lying, yeah. 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 for life. Yeah. For, for, like, for the first okay. few times, it was like, thanks, but no, thanks. I'm not the one for that. And then it just kept going. Like, no, this is what we're doing. And he did have to just take yeah. me kicking mm-hmm. and screaming. Both way, both
0: down. <laughs> now, on this, there's
2: more kicking and screaming coming back <laughs> than there was going down.
0: Right. Now, on this same topic, it's the question of not just did God uh, or God told me to do that, and I'm going to answer yes or <clears> no, <throat> but was that really God? I mean, that's been a question I've had for years. You know, was that just me and my little voice talking, or was that God? You know, mm-hmm.
1: right? or was it Satan trying to distract you? Yeah, exactly. That's um and so I want this is how John it's Mac-
0: discernment.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's why we need it. So this is how John MacArthur describes discernment. In its simplest definition, discernment is nothing more than the ability to decide between truth and error, right right and wrong. Discernment is the process of making careful distinctions in our thinking about truth. In other words, the ability to think with discernment is synonymous with the ability to think biblically. Yeah. Um, and then he goes down a little bit more and says, unfortunately, discernment is an area where most Christians stumble. Been there. They exhibit little ability to measure the things that are taught against the infallible standard of God's Word, and they, are unwittingly, in, they unwittingly engage in all kinds of unbiblical decision-making mm-hmm. and behavior.
0: Well, see, that's where they, they bring their feelings into it. Right. You know, they, they, put their, they like to put their philosophical worldviews on the Bible, and then they read it that way yeah. instead of reading the Bible and let that shape or, your philosophies. Or
1: mistaking emotions for God's true desire or God's will or, or even the Spirit. Yeah. Um, such as like if you're trying to discern, uh, well, there's a couple ways this go, but if you're trying to discern maybe God, God should I take this job? Mm. And, and there's, there's going to be some emotion involved there, and you, you, can't, you can't let that cloud you. Right. I, I'm not, emotions can, can, could hint that maybe you're supposed to do this or that. I'm not saying that's not the case. They, they could be a result of God telling you to do something, but you have to look past that. Right. Um,
0: well, that, and that's what we need to be careful with is I think a lot of Christians, we tend to get very dogmatic about things. It's everything is black and white or <laughs> everything is gray, which is a black and white statement, ironically. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's like some things are gray. some things are black and white it was like when i was in my masters and i was learning about moral relativism which is basically you know uh morality is relative there is no objective morality uh you know if if i if it feels good i should do it Mm -hmm. you know and um and one of the things in there was that meant that all relativism is bad there is no you know everything is black and white but it was like no that's not the case because there may be something that causes me to stumble that doesn't cause you to that doesn't cause you to stumble, and you know you're able to you're able to do that particular thing. Mm-hmm. But to me, it would be sin. Right, and that's
1: and that is where a lot of it comes down to your own personal convictions, which. But not everything. Not everything. There are certain right. things there are, that are black just and white. Black like, and white. It cannot be more clear in the Bible.
0: Yeah, um, but there are several things that are just as gray.
1: Yeah, um, and so and we just talked a lot about. Uh, how we have to have that biblical foundation, um, which is where 2 Timothy three sixteen comes into play. For all scriptures inspired by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness so that every man be adequate um, and equipped for every good work. One of my favorite verses out there because that verse right there, and along with a couple others, establishes all of this is truth. It's right. profitable for teaching, reproof, which reproof is essentially picking out the wrong, picking out the error. Correction is correcting that. Teaching, you can teach from it, and training in righteousness so that every man be adequate and equipped for every good work. And so this is the foundation of discernment. And like you said earlier, God's not going to tell you something that contradicts his own living word.
0: Right. But as we read Scripture, we should constantly, and, and, and honestly, especially not just with Scripture, but just with our own personal theologies where things that we've grown up on, things that I've just always understood it to be this way uh those should be examined those should absolutely be examined and it's like some people are get so offended by that and almost like why like i'm sorry are you a fallible human like i am like
1: (laughs) and unfortunately and i know this because i was there i remember when i was um probably early teenage years like There's thousands of religions. What are the odds that mine is right? And it's like, well, I trust what my pastor thinks on it. So that's what I'm going to go with.
0: Right.
1: Mm, There's so many people, including myself at one point, that fully relied on their pastor's theology Uh to form what they think. And so somebody's asking me, like, so what do you think about this? And I'm like, texting this pastor, or I'm texting this person, or calling this person yeah. that I trust, and there's a couple of them, and it's, that's not, like, I need to see it for myself, and so, I mean, you just described my last year yeah. as me trying to figure it all out for myself so I can defend it, um, and, now, not, and not just believe what I've been told.
0: Now, seek wise counsel. Absolutely. Ta- there's nothing wrong with asking that mm-hmm. pastor, but, I mean, you should have studied it first, yeah. you know, like, dig into I mean, it, and then word. be willing to change whatever theology that you have.
1: And this is where this quote comes into play. Um, this is from John Piper. Um, he says, If you are using human teachers as the sole means of understanding God's Word, mm-hmm. by what will you judge the teachers? Right. We have to use this first. And that's where we'll, we'll, we'll do a false, false prophets or false, te- false teachers episode or yeah. testing the spirits. Um, but that, it is important to have your own biblical moral compass from this and not just what you're told. Because if we only go by what we're told, then this person's never going to change from this and this person's never going to change For them.
0: so long, and you need to be able to change mm. your theology.
1: And, and that's super difficult because, I mean, I'm, I'm about to turn 19, and I've heard I've been in the same denomination my whole life, mm-hmm. same church. And as I'm digging way deeper into this word than I ever have in my life, it's I'm seeing things in here, and it's like, you know, that's really not how we do it. Mm-hmm. And, like, you you read Philemon, one chapter, and Paul's writing to a home church. Yeah, like He literally <laughs> says that. And I've heard people that I've known my you whole life. You can't have a home church? Yes, I've, I've heard people that I've known my whole life and there's trusted my whole life, and they're like, like, you can't do that saying now. that you can't do a home church because there's issues that come from that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, but, like, I'm digging into this, and I'm seeing, like, you know, that's really not how we do it anymore.
0: And that's the problem. Nobody reads nope. the Bible. They just talk about and it.
1: And I wouldn't be able to discern that issue if it wasn't for the Word. Yep. And just like we established earlier with 2 Timothy 3.16, that's, it's the foundation that we use for all yep. of those.
0: <laughs> we just need to be very careful whenever we're reading the Word. And, you know, and <laughs> look... There's nothing wrong with listening to somebody else. There's nothing wrong with getting their opinion. We have commentaries and stuff. There's nothing wrong with having a commentary and seeing what somebody else thinks about a particular scripture. Mm -hmm. Because some of it's difficult to wrestle with. Mm -hmm. Some of it looks like it's contradiction. Like when we've, we've talked about one is where, you know, James says, faith without works is dead. And Paul says... By grace through faith you're saved, not by works. And it's like, well, that's a contradiction. Mm. Well, sometimes you need some wise counsel to say, okay, here's a little bit more context than that. And here's what he actually means when he says this.
1: And it can somebody else's ideas can give you insight on maybe a way that you haven't thought of it yet.
0: Yes. Um. And it's okay to disagree. Mm. There's There's a reason why we have so many different denominations. There's a reason why we have so many different interpretations of Scripture and we have these different doctrines. It's because of the way we interpret Scripture. It's because of the way that we read it. And that stuff matters. Well, that
1: also comes down to how, unfortunately, a lot of people don't read the Bible. They just just trust what their pastor tells them.
0: And that is the most unfortunate truth that I see more and more and more. Again, everybody likes to talk about the Bible. Nobody actually reads it. And
1: I liked what Gomer said a couple weeks ago about how the average Christian could get ripped apart by mm-hmm. any any secular atheist or whatever. Yep. Uh, and that's why, you know, I've
2: heard people say, like... Because they're not
0: prepared. Like,
2: well, and, like, atheists or people from other belief systems, they're studying and figuring out, like, yep. right, what do they believe? Mm-hmm. So mm. when you do get into those discussions, a lot of times they know this better than a lot of... Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. They're, and, and they're oh, they, they come
2: prepared. They, they're prepared,
0: yep. and we're not. And yeah. that's, it's sad.
1: And I I one hundred percent agree. Like we are called to unity. That's very important. Mm-hmm. First Corinthians one. But I do think that I've heard people say like, why does it matter um, with, with this theology? Why does that matter? But I think it does matter to a certain point because one, it reflects how you read and interpret the Bible. Two. It helps you explain the quote contradictions in the Bible right. because when someone says, What, like James 2 and Ephesians 2, why does this say, um, By grace you're saved through faith, and why does this say, faith that works is dead? We have to be able to explain that to our own human minds to people that, that would discredit the Bible because of contradictions. Right. And
2: it, well, and if you're trying to share your faith with a non believer and you can't explain, things or answer questions they have, then they're going, well, it's not important to them. Why should mm-hmm. it be important to and me? And that'll make you doubt your salvation. Yeah. Yep. it that, also, that's another huge thing. It helps with
1: reassurance of your salvation or understanding more about God. And in that, right. it's going to make your worship more genuine.
0: And and so you mentioned you mentioned unity within the church, and we just don't have that because it's like, oh, you, you, you believe a little bit differently than me, so therefore, it's like, okay, hold on. If you believe that Jesus is the only way and he paid for our sin on that cross and he rose again from the dead, we're good now, if you think anything else like maybe you believe that we can lose our salvation, and I don't that's okay we don't I, I think you're wrong, but we don't have to divide over it mm. you know and there's several different theologies like that. There's no reason to divide over like uh, oh man the um, rapture and the second coming of Jesus you know yeah, I don't like have a belly I can't button. tell you how often it's like you better believe in the Kirk Cameron Left Behind series uh, rapture or you don't ever read the Bible <laughs> like <laughs>
1: and that's why we should have an episode on primary and secondary theology yeah because you have your salvation which is super super important and then you have your can a woman be a pastor or did Adam have a belly button or is the rapture different than the second coming and all that stuff. Right. Which is not as important.
0: Right. It is important. Yeah. But it's just it's not <laughs> it's not divide important. Listen, you can it's not, you, let's you start can start another believe. church
2: over yeah. Yeah. you know, the you, you, church of the Adam's belly button or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not
1: a universalist. No, that's for sure. not what we're saying. Right. Um but yeah, there is a difference between what you should probably divide over and what you absolutely should not divide over. Yes. Um, and we
0: divide over a whole lot that we shouldn't divide and
1: over. everything we just said, roots right back to discerning God's word, discerning his will, discerning truth versus error, which goes into the false prophet yeah. stuff, um, and good and evil. Um, holding fast to what is good and refraining from what is evil. Um, so yeah, if you're struggling to hear God, seek God's will, discern God's will, discern the spirit, look past your emotion, get rid of the noise, get in the word.
0: Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. For more information on DDS Faith Ministries, please visit our website at ddsfaith.org and follow us on social media. Thanks.